Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Julia's Bears Moving Markets podcast. It's Friday, the 1st of March, and my name is Helen Freer. On today's show, I'll be talking firstly about all the latest market news with my colleague, Mike Rauber, and Tim Gagey is also back on the show this morning, so I'll be getting his latest thoughts on currencies and metals. But let's start, as always, with the market news. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Helen. So we got some inflation data out of the US and Europe yesterday. First to the US, yesterday's core PCE data release, which is the Fed's preferred inflation data, was keenly anticipated, especially after the January inflation report uh, for the US released mid-February came in higher than expected. And that raised a few concerns about the disinflation trend stalling. So anything noteworthy from yesterday's data, Mike? So the core PCE data released yesterday, it showed a gain of 0.4% in January, the most in a year, and 2.8% year-on-year. The annual rate was below last month's 2.9%. So overall, uh, it supported the Fed's cautious inflation stance, and our economists continue to expect the Fed to start cutting in May or June this year. But Helen, you know, one can say probably that the fact that it did not come in higher than expected did take some inflation fears out of the market. This was also supported by a data release showing a rise in weekly jobless claims. And how did U.S. markets react then? So Treasury yields retreated from near-year highs. Gold rose to its recent upper band of $2,050 an ounce. But it was really the S&P 500 and the Nasdaq that were in focus, ending the months at record highs. I guess we sound a bit like a broken record on this, given the many number of new highs in U.S. and some global equity market indices this year. But that is probably what a bull market sounds like. And interestingly, on the U.S. equity advance, while there's much talk about AI stocks and NVIDIA closed up yesterday with a staggering gain of 60% this year, it is the industrial sector that has the most stocks at all-time highs, with almost half of its components in the S&P 500 hitting a record price yesterday. Now, but considering this overall strong performance in equity, even as earnings supported, I'm reminded of what our group CIO wrote this week about the U.S. equity rally. A bull market needs to pause from time to time to be sustainable. But it also holds that it is nearly impossible to predict when it will experience some sort of healthy correction. Okay, let's turn to Germany now, because their data showed inflation slowing in February, with prices rising 2.7% from a year ago, and that's down from 3.1% in January. This is feeding expectations that the ECB will start lowering interest rates around the middle of the year, I guess. Yes, and also French inflation data, which at 3.1% was reported at its lowest since last September, is supportive of the view that the ECB can soon start lowering rates. We also get inflation data for the whole of the Eurozone today, but yesterday's data releases are likely to set the tone. So our economists expect the ECB to start cutting before the Fed, given the inflation trend and weaker growth in the Eurozone. Uh, And in market action in the Eurozone, bond yields dropped, like in the US, but equity market performance was more mixed, with mostly flat performance at the index level. And let's look at Asia now, where equity markets are a sea of green today. What can you tell us there, Mike? Absolutely. So Japanese stocks are at all-time highs again, with the Nikkei up as much as 2%, 
after the yen is weakening following BOJ governor's Ueda's pushback against mounting rate hike expectations. And Hong Kong's Hang Seng flipped an early loss into a small gain. Now, this comes after China's factory activity shrank for the fifth straight month in February, suggesting weak demand, but an indicator of non-manufacturing activity was in expansion mode, helped by a pickup in travel and tourism during a recent long holiday. So on this also more positive note, uh, it's nice to see that both the major Japanese and Chinese equity indices for once outperformed the US and European counterparts uh, last month, so in February. And let's not forget India. I see equities there are also rising today with the benchmark S&P 50 BSE Sensex also at an all-time high. Indeed. And this just comes a day after India's economic growth unexpectedly accelerated to more than 8% in the final three months of the year. And the Statistics Ministry upgraded its forecast for the fiscal year that ends in March to 7.6%. Now, it is really interesting how India has emerged on the world stage in recent year with the best growth rates of any major economy. And just lastly then, Mike, what can we expect today? So there was a surprise uh, announcement this morning by the chairman of the Swiss National Bank, Thomas Jordan. He has informed that he will step down from his position at the end of September this year. So sure to get more news around this during the day and over the weekend. And in the U.S. commercial real estate lender, New York Community Bank Corp said it discovered material weaknesses in how it tracks loan risks. Its stock is down sharply in after hours trading. And on economic data, and lastly, it is about the monthly survey of Eurozone, UK and US purchasing managers, giving a good indication of how companies see the state of their activities. And in the US, we also get a range of consumer sentiment figures. But that's all from me. And back to you, Helen. Great. Thanks very much, Mike, for the roundup this morning. Thank you, Helen. Now, Tim, good morning and welcome. Good morning, Helen. So it looks like the extra day we got yesterday didn't really do much to get FX markets moving in February, right? No, it really did not at all. Yesterday was less of a leap and more of a slow plod into March. There wasn't even all that much in the in the uh, area of month-end flows. There wasn't very much anyway in the way of big events in February that were likely to move the market. And every time we had a piece of data or a statement from a central banker suggesting one thing, it didn't seem to take very long before something came along that suggested rather the opposite. Next week, we do start again with the central banks, just the ECB all on its own for the next couple of weeks. But there is only one central bank with anything serious priced in, and that is our very own Swiss National Bank. There is a 75% chance of a cut priced in for March. Considering the direction of inflation data in Switzerland, that rather makes sense. The Swiss franc has already weakened accordingly, which is rather in line with our expectations for a while. We have certainly had to be patient, but we figured the carry was worth it. But aside from the SNB, nothing is priced in anywhere else. And we just don't see any reason for any of the major central banks to change their stance, to want to distinguish themselves from the pack or give any clearer details on when they will start to ease. So we don't see any reason to see any fireworks before Easter. Okay, so do you still think we're in for a mostly range-bound market? Yes, very much so. Aside from the Swiss franc, where we think we can see some more secular weakness, especially if the SNB do decide to cut rates, we think it is no coincidence that we are basically exactly where we were a month ago in pretty much all the main currency pairs. We have, as we said, nobody willing to stick their neck out. 
and no reason for this range trading market to change at all. And honestly, that suits us just fine here. Sure, volatility is low, but it was low anyway before. And at least volatility now seems to rather better match the actual situation. Trends are all very well if you spot one early and get on the right side of it. But that is not an easy task. And often you either find yourself waiting for the moment to catch it, or worse still, on the wrong side and struggling to get out again. In a range, sometimes it's the easiest market of all to just keep turning things over on both sides. And as long as you don't overload yourself, the range can even almost do the work for you. And a couple of weeks ago, you mentioned some interesting opportunities in a market like this. Do you still have the same approach? Yeah, totally. The last two weeks, we have mostly been speaking about reverse convertibles and pivot tasks. The first product gives you yield. We can easily get coupons here at twice whatever the cash rate is, say 9 to 10% annualized for dollars and pounds, 7 to 8% euros. And even in gold, this makes quite a lot of sense because you can get an easier coupon of, say, 5%, which is basically dollar cash for otherwise gold, which yields you zero. And in a range-bound market, which we seem to be looking at even in gold, the reverse convertible really makes a lot of sense for anyone happy to switch from one currency to another. Pivot TARF, on the other hand, creates a range. And as long as we stay inside this range, then we are happy because we are either buying at the low strike or selling at the high strike. To give you a couple of examples of the sort of ranges we have created recently, in Eurodollar, you can get a range of 104.50 to 111.50, which basically covers 49 of the last 52 weeks. While in cable, you're looking at 122.50, 132.50, same story. And in gold, something along the lines of 1900 to 2185. It's fair to say that the content of this week's podcast for me is pretty close to the content of the last one I did with you two weeks ago. This is not laziness, despite what people who know me might think, neither is it a coincidence. This is because, in my view, there's really a great opportunity here to take advantage of a super range trading market. And these are the best ways to do so. And the sooner you can get in, then the more chance you have of getting out before anything interesting happens. So thank you, Helen, for having me on the show today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And I wish everyone a happy Friday. Very good. Thanks a lot, Tim, for the update this morning. So that is all for today. Thank you again to today's guests and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show and you haven't yet subscribed, then don't forget to do so. And please also leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. And do join us again next week. I'll be back on Monday and I'll be talking to more of our colleagues about what is moving markets. Have a great day, everyone, and then a great weekend. Bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.